Christmas is done once again, thankfully. 2022, not even here yet. And already I'm getting the sense that it's going to be both interesting and memorable. That's consistency. <laughs> Remember the fires way back in 2019 when things could not get any worse, seemingly. And dude, if that's not bad enough already, various Cars of the Year awards are about to be inflicted upon us. And clearly, we do not deserve this. Therefore, in the immortal words of renowned baby boomer child brainwasher and Oscar-winning rabbit Bugs Bunny from way back in 1960, and that was before even me, quote, Overture, curtain lights, this is it. We'll hit the heights. And oh, what heights we'll hit. Piece of shit of the year. This is it. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Oi, oi, oi. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card, which is kind of optional, but on the balance of probability is appearing somewhere... Up there now, dude. Nothing is more nauseating at the start of each calendar year than a bunch of self-deluded wankers, I mean motoring journalists, sitting around stroking each other's vegetables and handing out annual awards to their biggest advertisers. It's an appalling intelligence-insulting, irrelevant industry media wank fest. And stay tuned. Later in the program, perhaps I'll tell you what I really think about the various bullshit cars of the year awards. So, just for balance, preemptively, let us do this. Let's acknowledge that good cannot exist without evil. Jesus needs Satan. Without Satan, J-Cry would have nothing to do. Likewise, Luke needs Darth, Clarice needs Hannibal, Neo needs Agent Smith, and I need Tiffany. Hurts so good. Good cars and good car makers need pieces of shit. Nature abhors a vacuum too, right? Hence, piece of shit of the year, Posotti, a fine tradition which I only just made up earlier this morning, where we all pay homage to that invaluable industry segment, the pieces of shit of the year, without which good cars and good car makers would simply seem mundane. If cars of the year are a pandemic, and I assure you, they friggin' are, then Posotti is the vaccine, and the good one too, the high-tech mRNA kind that gives you superhuman cotty immunity. But just remember, Posotti is not just cars. It's a monument to regulators and car makers and industry bodies that have demonstrated unwavering commitment to piece of shittery and anti-consumer cockheadery. I know they're not words, dude, but hey, they should be. So here is a baker's dozen of Posotti award-winning memorable moments from 2021, proving that even on lockdown, you can't keep a good piece of shit down. The 2022 Posotti for Shitbox brand consolidation goes to Stellantis. 
Yes. Stellantis, of course, emerged from the womb like the very first alien on January the 4th of 2021. A pair of twisted, conjoined piece of shit twins. One half of Fiat Chrysler and the other Peugeot Citroën. What could possibly go wrong? It's horrible, I suppose, but anyway, you can't look away. Sixth largest car maker, incredibly enough. Stellantis is a superpower of small shitboxes. Alfa Romeo, Jeep, Chrysler, Citroën, Peugeot, Lancia, Opel, Ram, Vauxhall and Dodge, among others. Novel strategy, I think, to take on more monolithic purveyors of the automotive piece of shittery domain, such as Volkswagen and Mercedes. I mean, who would you rather fight? A thousand cockroach-sized pigs or one giant pig-sized roach? With all of that shitbox DNA under the one roof now, doubtless we can all look forward to some Interesting new mutations from Stellantis in 2022 and beyond, possibly resistant to all known forms of consumer law. Look me in the eye and tell me that you can't wait for that. The 2022 Passotti for Extreme Automotive Prick Tease goes to the Toyota Land Cruiser 300. Yes. If a tree falls in the forest and everyone's on lockdown, can ScoMo still take the credit for freeing up even more land for affordable housing? And similarly, if Toyota launches a new 300 series but cannot actually sell you one and cannot actually tell you when you might even be able to buy one, is such a legendary vehicle actually on sale? Props to Hyundai for doing this sort of thing with Ionic 5. Also, 5 billion pre-orders or something and three vehicles for public sale. Australia, well done. Land Cruiser 300 is, of course, the ScoMo of big, out-of-step, lardy-assed, anti-environmental pieces of shit. Bonus points there, I suppose. And the V6 with its hot V is going to be very entertaining indeed over coming weeks to months, possibly even years, if any of these vehicles ever actually becomes publicly available for purchase. The Passotti Award for being need in the nuts by the ACCC is jointly awarded this year to the world's most anti-consumer criminal car maker, Volkswagen, and to Mazda. Volkswagen, of course, too stupid just to cop it on the chin and pay the record $125 million fine for their contribution to anti-consumer cockheadery, they had to double down all the way to the High Court where the recent veto of their right to appeal was served upon them on a bed of 40 grit enemas again. Clearly no degree of hubris anorexia to worry about in the boardroom at Dub Dub. Dieselgate, the reputational smear that never dies. I love it. And Mazda, oops-a-daisy, lying to consumers about their rights like that over and over. Misleading and deceptive conduct, like that's not in the brochures, is it? Hi, we're Mazda. Our product is awesome generally, but if it fails, we'll probably shuffle you off to the ankle-grabbing room. There's a good chap. Fines likely to be in the millions, expected to surprise and delight us all during 2022. When the judges 
eventually all come back from their taxpayer-funded 16-week Christmas holiday just in time to clock off for Easter. The Piece of Shit of the Year award for carmaker most out of touch with its own vehicles goes, of course, to Ford, which appears to have borrowed the cone of silence from Get Smart any time the marketing department needs vestigial guidance from engineering. First, they portrayed Everest Base Camp ludicrously overloaded with that embarrassment of a rhino roof rack, glorified light bar. It's really just a fashion accessory, dudes. And then they gave it a discount vasectomy and offered customers 2000 bucks back. Way to go, own gold champions. <laughs> they do hate doing things like that. Then they promised the ultimate, let's call it, compensation vehicle, the awesome Mark I Mustang. They promised in the brochure and everything that it would come with a Torsen differential, limited slip diff, right? Radar cruise, LED fog lamps, Mac 1 mats, ambient door lighting, and yes, rear parking sensors. And who doesn't want all of that? Only one small problem with these promises. The vehicle didn't actually have any of those features. And this gave the ACCC cause to wake up. And they so hate doing that. The upshot there, a full refund or $5,400 of cash back to owners. Yes. And of course, the spec botching continued recently with the all-new Ranger. Ford couldn't accurately tell would-be owners what the rear step box thingo is actually bolted to. Despite the engineering being done here in Australia. Bonus points for consistency and a worthy possotti win. The lesson here, of course, if it's a brochure you're reading and it's got a blue oval on it, just don't believe a single word it says, would be my advice. The Possotti Award for Bullshit Spare Parts Pricing goes to Fiat Chrysler. I mean, Stellantis, obviously. The thousand roach-sized pigs from earlier. See, back in 2020 here in Australia, following getting the egg from a thousand dodos on its face over parts pricing memorably in the mainstream media, Jeep claimed that it went deep into the inventory and toned down or eliminated the spare parts pricing extortion. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of it. Then in March, a mechanic I'm peripherally aware of, he gets this shitbox Grand Cherokee into the workshop with a nasty fuel smell emanating from a ruptured plastic hose outside the tank. Problematically, Jeep doesn't sell the hose. They don't stock the hose. You can't buy it. If you want to fix this problem, you have to buy the fully fitted out fuel tank. And it's a little over $4,000. Effectively, a four grand spend to fix a ruptured plastic hose. Well done, un holifying the parts pricing there. And then in Dune, a dude like you, only a Chrysler 300 owner named Pete, he tells me that his water pump went intra-poopy and Chrysler's assholes quoted him 2,000 bucks for the repair. And it's just a dodgy bearing in a pump. You can't buy the bearing of friggin' course. You have to buy the whole pump for about 1400 bucks, Australia. The problem is, the same pump in America is $280, 
Australian. Here in Australia, it seems, you continue to fly asshole class if you want to keep your Stellantis lemon on the road. The Possotti Award for Emerging Automotive Brands is given to that organisation which is brave enough, some would say sufficiently brazen, to risk its emerging reputation on the thrill of throwing some poor sap under the bus just because he had a leap of faith and bought into your product. The Passotti for that this year goes to LDV. As dude named Timothy Rigby bought himself an LDV T60. Like he gave them a go and he parked it routinely at the surf club at Sodom and Gomorrah by the sea where he works on the Gold Coast. And of course, predictably enough, his T60 rapidly turned into a bucket of rust. This goes to court, right, after a brief but intense dealership off-fobbing session. The respondent alleges that the car is simply not designed to be used anywhere near the coast, even though that's where the dealership is physically located. Like, it's right there in the mouth of the trough next to the open sewer by the sea. I mean, Gold Coast Canal Development. The judge sees through all of this chicanery and orders a full refund, thankfully, and rules that the LDV T60 is made of, quote, poor quality materials. These are, of course, words that I would not want associated with my emerging brand. And I don't know how many sales this has cost LDV, but I sincerely, sincerely hope 72 virgins using their fingers and toes would be unable to count them all. LDV, Emerging Piece of Shit of the Year 2022. Well done. The Possotti for Playing Politics with People's Lives goes to ANCAP, which in the middle of this year awarded the Mitsubishi Express zero stars on safety. There's a headline, right? Really good for a scare, and the mainstream media loves that shit, of course. Unfortunately, the Express is merely a cloned Renault traffic, like rebadged, and that vehicle was introduced in 2015. Express actually crashed better than a Hyundai iLoad and the Ford Transit Custom and other vans. My strong suspicion here is that ANCAP went looking for a convenient scapegoat so that it could cobble together a scrapbook of suitably scary headlines, the better to do what it does best, which in my view is secure the next round of ANCAP government funding by, quote-unquote, putting a spotlight on commercial van safety. And who cares if that's a disgraceful misrepresentation of the true picture of relative commercial van safety in the market today, as long as you get the coverage in the dogshit dumb mainstream media and the funding, of course, that flows from that. Job done. Personal opinion. The 2022 Possotti for governmental head-up assery goes to the Victorian state government, yes, for proving unequivocally that it is well out of touch with the rest of the world by taking the bold step of taxing EV owners because they're not burning liquid fuels. Those bastards. If the government's objective was to make our country look like a laughing stock to the rest of the world, and I know we don't need assistance on this front, but even so, then I would say to Victoria's senior executive management, well done. 
Let us not forget, however, that EVs are significantly more expensive than equivalent petrol cars, and therefore EV owners already pay thousands more in stamp duty and in GST, and they pay it upfront. This was a really quite hotly contested award, however. Rob Stokes, the New South Wales planning minister, he put together a captivating thesis on EVs as well, albeit one which you would have to fail a 12-year-old for if they had produced it as a high school assignment. In this quaint thesis, Mr Stokes claimed that vehicles were a form of, quote, enslavement. He also said electric vehicles were very, very heavy and contributed a great deal of brake dust particulates into the environment. To which I would retort that what a pity nobody in your department, Mr Stokes, managed to tell you that the two top sellers in the market are the Hilux and the Ranger, both of which are heavier than most EVs, and that EVs use regenerative braking, so they don't actually rely that heavily on friction to come to a halt. These are called facts, and I'd suggest that if you choose not to use them, it makes you appear as if your ministerial head is up your ministerial Personal opinion. <sighs> Number three on the podium here of contention is Cole Humper 6. <laughs> Thank you, sincerely, sir, for ruining our reputation in Glasgow. Keep up the great work of proving those brand new coal mines. The world certainly needs them, that's pretty clear. But I did find uh, Mr Moe's recent joke about putting 1.7 million EVs on the road by 2030 utterly hilarious. See, to do that, one in every five vehicles sold in Australia has to be an EV starting on January the 1st. Total EV sales this year, 2021, 7,500. There is no way we can hit Slow Moe's bullshit target. Clearly, the facts no longer matter. The Possotti Award for Naked Profiteering goes jointly to Honda and Three Prong. Yes, for boning their dealers so memorably and making a shit price promise to you. Haggling's going to be eliminated, right? And you can rest assured that you will pay the shittest possible price for your new Three Prong or Honda in 2022 and beyond. And deep down, I think that's what we all want. How utterly reassuring, therefore, to hear it out loud. Of course, since this, what would you call it, interesting turn of events, Honda's sales have plummeted to the worst level since record-keeping began, and the Death Star has been hit with a $650 million lawsuit. <laughs> which, if successful, will see Mercedes and its reputation parading down Main Street with no trousers and its freeze-dried vegetables on display for all of us to see. So I'm looking forward to that, although I make no suggestion about which way the court should rule. That's well above my pay grade, I'd suggest, and I just hope it's an interesting year ahead, is all I'm saying on that. The Possotti Award for taking the piss, literally, goes to two senior ministerial geniuses, Angus Taylor and Dan Tahan. A couple of senior wizards in Slomo's cabinet. Thanks to the dynamic duo, ATDT, 
we proud Australians find ourselves all on something of a highway to hell. See, Australia is rapidly running out of AdBlue, which is an emissions control fluid used in some trucks. It's made from urea, which is a major chemical component in urine, which you might know better conversationally down the local hotel as piss mate. I'm off for a piss mate. This is how bad things have become down under. We're blowing billions buying fighter jets that don't work, or at least not very well, and submarines we really don't need to deal with threats that don't actually exist to fight wars we simply could not win in any case. But we cannot deal effectively with actual existing security threats, such as, for example, fires and pandemics. Health systems are on the brink of collapse. Many state governments agree. We have to lock the population down because we don't have the healthcare capacity to deal with this existential threat. And senior politicians appear to be using the cops as an on-demand dirt squad to shut people up simply because they don't like what's being said about them. At least that seems to be happening in New South Wales. That's pretty clear. And now, gallingly enough, we cannot even manufacture our own Pish, mate, which threatens to bring the transport system to its knees and otherwise mad maxify society in a way that not even COVID could. And I never thought it would come to this. Australia running out of peace, mate. DT from ATDT, the two ministerial losers playing this like a PR opportunity, working for SCOMA, DT has taken the extraordinary step of begging Indonesia for aid international relief, taking the piss to a whole new level right there. The Posotti for Legal Affairs goes to a court system that this year found Mitsubishi was guilty of false and misleading conduct because Mitsubishi had the gall, the hide, to quote official fuel consumption figures for the Triton, even though it had no friggin' choice in the matter, right? See... Car makers have to use a series of laboratory standardised tests to determine the fuel consumption of their vehicles. It is illegal for them not to do this. It's illegal for them to quote other numbers for fuel consumption. The tests cannot be fudged. They're kind of locked in and obligatory, right? So complying with these legislated homologation requirements apparently does not insulate manufacturers from breaching consumer law by complying. There's even a frigging class action on this now of outraged Triton owners who've been misled and whatever. Hilariously, the ultimate recourse here could be that Mitsubishi sues the federal government for forcing them to behave so deceptively by following the rules and thus breaching Australian consumer law. Well done there, Australia, for thinking the details through so friggin' thoroughly. Again. The Passotti for new vehicle price gouging goes to the new Honda Civic. See, the barrier to Civic ownership earlier this year was about 31000 bucks, But this has recently risen to 47200 under the new Honda shit price promise discussed earlier. That is a $16,000 increase. Now, to be fair, the new Civic is only available fully loaded now, 
But even that's gone up by like 7,600 bucks under the shit price promise compared with the old range topping Civic RS. Anyway you carve this up, okay, this price is a disgrace. It does not matter how good the new Civic is. It's a Mazda 3 and Corolla competitor, and that price makes it a deserving piece of shit indeed. Like, this one was easy. Well, I did have to consider giving it to the MUX from Isuzu for a moment, with prices absurdly elevated there too, up between $9,000 and $15,000, depending on the model grade, plus a brain-dead discount strategy, which effectively put the mid-spec MUX at a price roughly a thousand bucks higher than the range-topping MUX. Bonus points for absolute creativity there. Finally now, the moment I've all been waiting for, the gold Passati. And in this case, I really do mean gold. Like, solid gold, dude. The award goes to Eager's Automotive, the publicly listed evil dealership conglomerate which managed to hoover up $130 million from the taxpayer, meaning from you and me, thanks to JobKeeper, before posting a $156 million profit. Just to be clear on this, okay, that money came out of your pocket and then it went to them and then it got redistributed to their shareholders. And without it, they still would have made a $26 million profit. And they did this while you and I were locked down. Icing on the piece of shit cake here, and I'm certainly not the first person to make this allegation in respect of car dealers. The icing is, of course, that there are no plans to repay any of that money because the company says, quote, we have an obligation to all of our stakeholders. To which I would retort, what about your obligation to right and wrong and the society in which you choose to operate, you card-carrying mother lovers? Personal opinion. Also on this, the Bogan fashion wholesaler, ARB, earns an honorary Silver Passotti Award this year for being similar pieces of shit who appear not to need any moral compass to navigate the 21st century, which must be so friggin' liberating when you think about it. The Fin Review reported in February this year that ARB copped a $9.8 million JobKeeper backhander from you, and then profit went up 113% to $54 million, and the dividend skyrocketed by 57%. In August this year, the Fin Review went on to point out that a big chunk of that went to the Brown family, the B in ARB, managing director Andrew and chairman Roger to receive roughly $2.3 million, I think it was. So, if you've ever wondered where the letters ARB came from, just join the dots there, dude. No repayment plans there either, at least not of which I am aware. And this is not like totally immoral, is it? At the very least, it's a pretty bad look though, isn't it? COVID, it appears, has been just awesome for Jay Fry's mates in big business generally, but pretty shit for the rest of us ordinary Australians, you know, dudes like you and me. Quick shout out to uh, Jay Fry for 
doing such a dependable and consistent job with our money despite all of this adversity? Again. <laughs>